Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings. I would like to greet everyone in the name, um, in the name of peace, which is the universal greeting of all the prophets, from Adam to Muhammad. They all said peace. Moses, actually starting with Abraham, he said peace. He, you know, he's the father of modern religion. Uh, Moses, the receiver of the laws, he said peace. David, the receiver of the psalm, he said peace. Jesus, the Christ. He said peace, and now we're all looking for that universal peace that the world can't seem to give. Um, today's show is very, very interesting because I'm going to have Mr. Rodney Davis, who is out of St. Martin's in the Caribbean, a Belizean brother living in, um, um, in, in the Caribbean, in, in the island of St. Martin. He's currently in New York City, so um, I don't think I'm going to have any um, technical issues like I normally do when I call um, Belize, you know, in terms of the bandwidth and that and that sort of thing. Um, it's interesting that we, you know, here we are at the crossroads of, I call it a crossroad, and I might want to be an alarmist or anything like that, but one has to wonder, one has to question, what is it that Belize people want? You know, because we've seen so much things where, um, you know, there's so much issues facing that country that we have to question what is it um, that we want as a nation, what we want as a people. Is it to end corruption? Is it better governance? Is it a more structured society where there's accountability? Is it a society that we want that's that going to give us better economic opportunities? Or is it a society that we, you know, we want where our kids can have a safe environment, public safety, euphemism for crime? So there are so many variables and attendant factors that, that we need to look at. And I'm not so sure that, you know, we have prioritized any one of those things. Perhaps it's all of the above. I'm not sure. But, I mean, we, it, it has come to the point where it, it's at a, it, it, it is at a crisis level, and we really need to focus on how and why, um, you know, we are where we are in terms of, you know, our society, um, in terms of where, you know, in terms of uh, where our society is as a, as, a, as a nation and where we are as a people. Um, I always, I see on these blogs, you know, every, you know, when I blog and everything is that 
people tend to look at beliefs from a from a, um, a sense of well, we don't have a sense of community, whether it's being diaspora at home. And this may or may not be right. It may or may not be be accurate. But you know, we you know we you know you know there are some deep psychological factors that 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 influence that. And me and Rodney um, Davis will touch on some of these things, and I'm hoping that he can lend some clarity to some of these very vexing questions that we have. And based on his research and experience working in Caribbean and Island of Saint Martin, and whether or not some of those are. Uh, some of those, some of his research or his experiences that he has, that he has going working within the school district and on that nation, are applicable towards our educational system or towards our societal needs and beliefs. I mean, of course, in the Caribbean, everything is mostly interchangeable. interchangeable so I'm sure that uh, that he can find some commonality there. But we will explore that, and um, I want you guys to sit back and enjoy a very um, informative show. And I think that Rodney has a lot to uh, to offer. Um, let me get an opportunity to um, to log him on. Give me a minute, please. Are you there? Yeah, we're ready to go. Okay, good. Um, all right. So I hope everybody can hear can hear us. Okay, can you hear me, Rodney? Rodney, can you hear me? Yes, very well. Okay, very great, nice. great. All right, all right. Um, okay, uh, so we are on live, and um, I'm here with Rodney, Rodney uh, Davis. You know, Rod, I've, I've been known. You know, the thing about with Belize, you know, you you know people. Um, you know, from you know, I. Uh, I've been knowing Rodney ever since I was a kid, and I'm sure he knows me ever since I was a child myself. You know, I mean, that's the nature of Belize's, um, you know, Belize's society. You know, where it's very small, and you know, the, the relationships that we develop, last, you know, in most instances, last a lifetime. You know, and Rodney is a brother who, you know, who, you know, I'm sure everyone knows his the, the famous boat guys. You know, you know, he's one of those siblings. You know, so if you if you have any question as to who Rodney Davis is. You know, um, then you know I, I only have to tell you that um, that you know all you have to do is look at um, at um, you know, remember some of his siblings that he you know he in the Roger Stadium era that he grew up. So you know, just to give you guys a, a you know basis of what you know of who I'm talking to, and um, so Rodney, how are you doing this morning, brother? I am doing great. As long as I'm talking to. Um, any anybody from Belize, I'm always in a good mood. <laughs> okay. um, I, I have to apologize in advance. Um, I had a a little bit of a, a congestion, and so I didn't have a good night. Oh man, but, I'm sorry um, to hear that. I I took some some things, and I think I'm I'm good to go. But if you if the listeners hear me go into a fit of coughing or whatnot, just give me a moment to get myself, and I'll be just fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you know you you that summer thing in New York, you know, tend to um. Um, you know, sometimes that's what happened. But um, I hope you feel better, my brother, because you know I hope that you know that this you know this hour or two that you're gonna spend with us will not uh, tax you too much, you know, because I know you not 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 in the least. I'm always raring to go whenever any discussion about belief or religion um, comes up, and particularly when it comes to the youth and the and the so-called youth problem, I, I'm fired up. Yeah, 
you know, you know let's let's talk a little bit about that. You know, um, and you have you you know you have made what I would you know in reading your your you know your website stuff from your website and you know you have made what I would call like a drastic paradigm shift, which is not you know which within Caribbean within 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 Caribbean psychology it's it's kind of like a radical departure of what we you know we you know we we tend to depend on growing up as as um you know as a people in other words you are you are you are dispelling a lot of the 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 norms that we that we tend to rely on a lot of those you know those sure footed things that we say okay well you have a lot of picnic you get in trouble you know you school on body you know talk to us about that what is it exactly that you believe that made you decide that that you want to go in a different direction from that as far as child rearing uh, like what people say you know if you're trying stuff and it's not working um, at some point you've got to get it inside your head that you've got to try something else you can't keep doing the same thing and um, if what we've been doing so far has gotten us to where we are then I mean it doesn't take rocket science to figure out that what you've been doing something is wrong with it and so um, we do need a radical shift from the, from the old paradigm um, the way we've been thinking, the way we've been brought to talk, to think of young people, um, to think about these problems, to think about problem solving and development on a whole, and, 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 and how do you blend all of that um, to make change? Um, and so, you know, uh, my way of looking at things is, is, is very, very, very practical. Okay? Um, um, do what works, and if you haven't found what works yet, Keep looking, but don't do it. keep doing the same thing that have gotten us to where we are. Okay. Um, expand on that a little bit because, you know, what were some of the things that you felt, you know, that, um, in, in, you know, based on your research that, um, that you felt that were not working or were, were for, for lack of a better word, becoming, you know, outdated or outmoded? Well, um, well, I, the best way for me to, to talk about this is, is to tell the story of, of how I came to. Because it, it's not like a, um, something that happened uh, one night that I just had a brainstorm. And, you know, it, it happened very gradually as I started to learn how things actually work. Um, I remember um, um, even from back in Belize when we were always trying to brainstorm these problems, uh, um, we always came to the conclusion that, you know, there were some things wrong with in the home, you know. And um, the, the, the way forward was always a little bit unclear because even though we knew that that's where the problem was, you know, it, it, uh, um, if, if there's a problem with the family, then the solution has to be within the family as well. But then how do you, how do you fix that? I mean, um, where do you get the resources and the know-how and, and all of that to to make a change, what exactly do you do with that piece of information that that, that probably is in the family? Um, uh, so, you know, and the same thing happened to me out in St. Martin. There was this, this one uh, back in 94, there was this big symposium because the, uh, St. Martin had started to um, experience the same kinds of um, problems that you know, places like Belize and before Belize, Jamaica, uh, and many other places in the Caribbean had experienced um, previously, because that St. Martin was um, just starting. The things that we were seeing back in the early 80s, the mid 80s, and the, the early 90s in Belize, you know, um, um, we were starting to see that out in St. Martin 
you know, 10 years after. So it, for me, it was a kind of a very, um, it was a nightmare because you know, I, I, I get this, this, this deja vu kind of feeling like, yeah, I've been here before. I remember when the gangbanging started um, just as, you know, them bad, them bad boy, they do this, or them bad boy, they do that on the street. And we, we see little pockets of things going on, and we're not putting the whole thing together and not realizing where it's leading up to. Um, so out there in, in St. Martin, what, what they, they, they did was it was an educational symposium, and they basically pulled everybody together and to find out what the root cause of the, this trend towards violence and gun warfare was coming from and, and, and where to send the type. And they, 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 all, all the people who were movers and shakers in the community uh, were there, and at the end of it, they basically, they, um, they, they realized that the root cause was, was, was you know, parenting. That, that's where the problem was. Um, the things that were being taught in homes were not conducive to peace. Okay. They were conducive to just the opposite. And it, to me, it was very interesting because even though they reached that conclusion, they decided that, okay, but the family is too big and too broad for us to do anything about it. So we're going to just start to work and see what the schools can do in classroom. And it was there and then that I said, if something is wrong with this picture, if you see the root cause and everybody identifies and agrees that the root cause is, is a, a certain lack of parenting skills, but then why are we sidestepping the root cause, you know, just because it, it seems too big? And um, quite frankly, this is, this is a phenomenon that, that is, is spread throughout, not only the diaspora, but in Belize itself and throughout the entire Caribbean, where there's a sense of hopelessness that, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't solve it. This is happening everywhere, not only here. And so a certain amount of it, the, 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 the assumption seems to be that a certain amount of it you have to accept as just something we have to go through. And maybe it is, but it's also something that we have to solve. And um, the way to look at that is to, to look at the problem straight in the eye and, and make a commitment to, um, to solve it. So that, that's where I started, you know, it's, it's, it's realizing that, okay, there's a big, huge problem in home. That's where it starts. And there's a thousand and one things that impact that. Mm-hmm. You, cannot, you cannot bring it down to one problem. It's too complex. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it, it's going to take different ways of thinking, different groups of people. Um, everybody's got to um, kind of take an all-hands-on-deck kind of an approach. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, and it's going to require the very best of us on an on a intellectual, on a spiritual level. Um, before we double the corner. Yeah, you know, you, you said, you, you know, you touched on something that's quite interesting, and I'm, I perhaps I want you to, um, you know, touch on a minute, but, I, you, you know, so it wasn't like an epiphany where all of a sudden you wake up and decide that it was an amalgamation of observation and experiences that you, were, uh, that you had to make you come to this conclusion that we need to perhaps look at the way we, you know, we, are, you know, we rear our kids and the way we look at our family structure. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know that's very interesting because I think oftentimes you know people will tell you well go read the Bible or go read you know go read this book or whatever but nobody has come up with a comprehensive way and say look this is at least not that I'm aware of um, that this is what we need to do A B C D in order for us to have you know um, what responsibility do you place then on our family structure to see how we have this total breakdown of cohesiveness 
you know, our sense of responsibility in in in, in Belizean society. We're talking about Belize itself. Mm-hmm. The breakdown of any family structure is something that you see again throughout the diaspora, throughout the Caribbean, everywhere. It's not a it's not a it's a it's not a natural thing. It's a universal thing because of the way how the commercialized world has forced us to. Um, it has placed a huge amount of stress on on the family. Um, so I'm not going to get going very deeply into that, but mm-hmm. um, there are some very basic things about the way how our culture, and I'm not talking about Belizean culture, there's, but there's a there's a there's a there's a thread that runs through all of of this. Did you know, for example, that the the, the crime figures worldwide? Um, for the last 10 to 15 years have been going consistently downward. And only in Latin America and the Caribbean it's been going upwards, right? Mm-hmm. And that should tell us some things about, about our cultures, right? It, it, it's right in there and it goes right back to the family again. Um, let me go straight to the point. We have to revise the way we think about solving problems, about making decisions, and about resolving conflicts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in our school, we did a survey. Not not only in our school, but the entire island. If you do the same thing, believe that it's I strongly suspect you're going to find the same thing. Ask the kids. You know, um, if there's a if there's a beef, there's there's something, there's a problem, and 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 you have to solve it. Is 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 any form of violence a part of the solution? And what we found in St. Martin is that eight out of ten of the kids will not take violence off the table. And and if you go back to the way we grew up, I remember, I, rem- I distinctly remember being told by by my brother, by my parents, by the community, by neighbors, by everybody that um, why if that boy knock it up and not come back, you, you know that sort of thing, and so. We we we, uh, we 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 have been trained to accept violence as a part of the solution. We're not going to take that off the table, right? Mm-hmm. And it is the hardest thing to get kids to um, to, to to take that off the table because um, it's something that is the family support, right? Mm-hmm. But that right there is what we have to get rid of. Okay. Okay. It, it starts there. Um, if you're going to solve a problem, if you're going to resolve a conflict, um, our, our knee-jerk reaction should um, um, has to become: um, let's sit down and listen to one another. So you think we're relying too much on on on, or not necessarily too much, but we rely more so on on violence. And, you know, so okay, but if I say okay. You hear people say, well, you know, um, if my kid does something, I'm a bossy ass, you know, whatever. And we yeah. don't realize... And, we, uh, and we're proud of that, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're proud of that. Yeah, you know. We're proud of it. We're like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we boast about it, yeah? and, and, and it, 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 it's, a, it's a strong sign that that's one of the things we have to turn around on its head, because that right there is a problem, right? Um, problem solving and resolving conflicts. Always is about sitting down, listening, and empathizing, and working it out, which is very difficult to do, and it takes some skills that we haven't learned as yet. And this is why I said it wasn't an epiphany for me, because after I did my research and began 
realizing what the change has to be, I, I found myself looking in the mirror because um, some of these same things that I was realized that I have to start advocating, I didn't firmly believe in as yet myself. I had to, I had to make the transition at a personal level. Mm-hmm. But within myself and with my own kids, see? Mm-hmm. So um, that, that didn't happen overnight either. I found myself giving up parenting course, teaching these things. And um, um, it, took, it took three years, from three to five years of teaching that course for me to firmly believe in everything I was teaching. <laughs> you know, but that's the kind of transition that we have yeah. to go through. That, that takes a very you know, deep psychological push to do. But what do you say to those purists? You know, I can hear people listening and saying, why, me, if my kid did something, you know. What do you say to those people who who refuses, who, who will not, like as they say, spare the rod, you know, as Paul child, who believes that, 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 that um, using, I, I guess, I never thought about it as violence, you know, maybe manage violence, if you will, you know, but using what they call the whip as a, as a, as a part of their discipline repertoire. What do you say to those people who, who, who regardless of all the empirical data that shows that, that, that that's counterproductive, and and it's destructive to the development, the overall development of a, of a child into an adult. What do you say to those people who say, "Man, I, you know, I just a whole, I just what I, you know." What do you say to those people that just don't want to let go of a whip, me, brother, or punch, or whatever it is they do? Yeah, I, I I I tell them forget the research. I I I don't expect you to become a a scientist overnight. But let's just talk about common sense. You know, we're talking about children, yes. Children are human beings. They behave the same way adults behave. What does make sense? Um, you know, um, let's look at the first obvious thing that we talked about in the beginning of the program. What we're doing is working, is it? This is the way we've been operating for generations up till now. Look where it's landed us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, the handwriting on the wall should be saying you have to change something, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm proposing that, um, and those, those are one of the things you have to begin looking at, right? Well, let, let's go back and just look at common sense, human nature, right? If, 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 as an adult, you know, um, I want you to cooperate with me. I, I'm looking for you, your cooperation. I need uh, you to, to work with me on something, right? Um, what would be the best step to take, right? Would I, would I want to... Um, start causing you pain, or would I want to draw you in and 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 make a bond with you that is so that gives you such a good feeling that you don't want to to um, that you are motivated to want to work with me, right? And you know the 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 answer to the question is is very very obvious. You know the the last thing you want to do to get people to cooperate with you is to cause them pain. That's counterproductive, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. But that that that's what the the culture says that we have to do. Mm-hmm. And so I turn that thing on its head, right? Um, talk about pay the rod and spoil the child. Turn it around, right? Spoil the rod and spare the child. Because if you look at you take that back to biblical days, they're referring to to um, the shepherd and his staff, and the way they used to tend their sheep. Mm-hmm. And like I put on the blog, you know, um, no self-respecting shepherd ever beat their sheep, eh? That rod was not for a, a, a whipping stick. 
it was a guide. Mm-hmm. It was a guide. And so um, um, I firmly believe in, in, in better runners for the child. But um, Literally. When, when <laughs> I mean, you take that literally. I mean, you know. Yeah, when you talk about using the rod, it's not about using it to hit anybody. Mm-hmm. The rod is about guidance. It's not mm-hmm. about causing anybody any pain, mm-hmm. right? So that's what, that's what it's about. Uh, um, um, we don't have to go into science and, and sociology and psychology to understand these things. They're common sense. Mm-hmm. If, I, mm-hmm. if I want my kids to cooperate with me, I have to become, I have to, I have to bring them in. I have to bring them close to me. I have to make a bond. Mm-hmm. I have to develop a relationship. I have to make them want to, 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 to be with me. I have to motivate them. I have to inspire them. I have to provide leadership. Um, I have to love them, and I have to demonstrate that love in my actions, in my words, and in my demeanor. Um, you don't do that by, by, by hitting people and raising your voice and, and using harsh words, you know? Mm-hmm. So that part of our culture we have, we really, we really have to understand. And to be honest with you, I, I, I debate whether it's really a part of our culture because if you go way back to before we started interacting with Europeans um, uh, and many places in Africa, um, and those things were, were foreign to us back then too. Interesting. So, I mean, um, for, for those of you who are listening, this is, my name is Hubert Pipersberg. I'm coming from Los Angeles, broadcasting live from Los Angeles. I'm talking to Mr. Rodney C. Davis. Out of you know, he's he's a Belizean who works in the in the island of Saint Martin within with, with you know within the school district and interacting with parents and and children. And he's sharing with us his insight um, and experiences. In your book, right, the, the the internet book that you have, um, one of the mm-hmm. things you said to win back the child you love in 30 days. Um, okay, if you Let's say, I, assuming that I am, you know, you know I'm a parent, you know, you're a parent, of course. You have a child that you want to, to steer to a certain thing. Okay, fine, you're saying you're not going to use any, any kind of violence, when, you know, hitting, punching, slapping, verbal abuse, because this all comes on a, on a violence. How, you, this how to manual, why is this so circumspect for 30 days? Can it take longer than 30 days? Can it be up? A year, or how come you can you're able to to have it the circumspect period? Um, it 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 uh, that's not a title. It's mm. just to get attention. Mm, okay. You're dealing you're dealing with human beings, and um, you can't put a time limit on anything. Um, um, one size never fits all when you're dealing with human beings. You know, um, I found I found that in a normal home, right? Um, when a parent comes to me and is telling me they have a really serious problem with a teenager, um, if, if all things being equal, if there was a relationship there at some point before and it has gone sour, but it was good at one point, um, I found that 30 days, if they do what I tell them, usually is enough for them to bring a child back into the fold, right? Um, the problem is that they, 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 they think that their problem is discipline and they have to, um, again, use the rod. And I'm telling them, throw away the rod and, and um, concentrate on, on forming the bond, reforming the bond and rebuilding the relationship and expressing and demonstrating the love, you know, and um, bringing that back. And all else will unfold in a natural way. You know, I knew for, I knew, for example, that whenever... My child started to 
my daughter especially, because she's the one that was kind of rebellious uh, in, in her early teenage years. Whenever she started to Snapchat me, I, I knew that if I didn't have the time, I might have to pull rank and just say, do as I say, right? And she had to do it. But anytime I had to do that, I also made a mental note that, okay, it's time to rebuild that bond. And I knew that then a trip to the beach or an outing to a restaurant or something had to be um, put on the agenda for the next couple of weeks. And I knew that once I did that, the back chats were going to stop right after that. You know? So we're talking about normal type um, um, situations where you want to bring the teenager child back into the fold. And, and 30 days is more than enough. Mm-hmm. There are many, many situations out there that's going to take a lot longer. My, my um, response is always as long as it takes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your child. Um, your, your mindset should be as long as it takes. If I have to make a sacrifice and, and be with my child for a year, um, if I have to take a step back on the job, if I have to, um, you know, take a vacation and, 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 and go on a trip somewhere and rebuild it, well, whatever I have to do, whatever it takes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that should be the mindset because the research backs this up, you know, even in the most violent places in places like Chicago, where the question is asked, what are the most effective programs that have actually worked, right? After you sit through all the research, because, you know, the, 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 the psychological um, um, papers are so on, they're so dense, and when you stand it through it, and you break it down with the simple language, it's just about going, all it takes is a, in, in the life of any one child to turn around. It's a responsible adult who will not give up. Mm-hmm. And it, it's going to be there, right? So... Even 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 in in gang banging in Chicago, where somebody dies in a particular neighborhood, and um, three times a day, right? The programs that have always worked were the ones where a priest, an uncle, an aunt, a coach, a significant other, somebody took it upon themselves to go and hang out with the kid. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, we could forget all the other. Psychological so building, so building a relationship yeah. is, 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 is key, is, uh, uh, one of the key, or key to... That's what the kids are calling for, that's what they're dying for, that's what they're hungry for, that's what they're so desperate in need, right? We are all loving, kind people, and love is the whole universal language of the all understand. And without that in the mix, we become less than human. You, say, you know, in order to humanize it, that's what you have to bring back. It, it, it's, not, it's not rocket science. You know? But it starts in the family, and it starts in home. And if, if, if we are going to look at things from a, from a community level, from a policy level, from a, a government um, um, program level, all the levels, because it's going to take all of that. We have to understand that what we do has to impact individuals in each family, okay? And that's what's going to cause us to, to heal our families and, and bring us back to where we need to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, see, one of the things that I think that, you know, you mentioned something about, you know, the sanctions. So are you saying 
that you believe that parents should develop in, in a classroom they call them token economies whereby you know you mm-hmm. you, you set up this you know for the purpose of the audience token economies are things where where you set up um reward system within the classroom and you reward the child for behavior the behavior that you want to um that you that you're trying to promote and you sanction the behavior that you don't necessarily want to promote by not giving him anything but uh, is that punitive or how i mean because if like if you deny the child or you say okay i'm taking a beach if you do if, if the behavior that you're trying to promote is is, is um you, you observe it but if he doesn't do it and you and you don't is that sort of punitive cannot damage the psychology of that child just as well as if you use the whip well, you have to be careful with, with, with rewards that, that become, that, you know, rewards can become a side show, right? And I, I, um, I have some serious problems with that approach for the simple reason. My, my thing is always about what works and what doesn't. And um, the research also shows that that tends to backfire sometimes if you, if you don't know how to use it properly, right? And um I, I hesitate to recommend it to, to parents because many of us as parents have not had the training to implement it. Okay, even teachers who've had the, the, the training sometimes don't get the point, you know. Um, and it's not about the reward. Let me make the reward the, the, the thing. So let, let me break this down. It's not about taking a child to the beach, which could be saying... No, I use that as a, as a metaphor for... To, to, yeah. to, to just suggest yeah, the token economy. So, so, so I'm, just, I'm just using it in the same way, so so that people could understand. Um, um, you're not going to reward the child by, by by taking them to the beach and thinking that that's going to fix anything. What you're doing when you're taking them to the beach is to create an atmosphere where you can bond again, where you can sit down eyeball to eyeball and have some fun with that kid, mm-hmm. right? Where you can start doing some things that you both enjoy. Um, if it's a young child, um, where you know, and it, it doesn't have to be the beach. Uh, I recommend things like, you know, um, pull 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 the young man aside and 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 and, and let's um, see if you could fix the ratchet on the bike together. Mm-hmm. You know, cause he's been giving a, a problem for some time now, and um, he's there on his own, and you know he could fix it, but. And it could be bonding time for you just to sit down together and, and work on that bike, you know. And for a younger child, it could be sitting down to you know, a couple of games of Jack, Jackson Ball or, or, or Hop Catch or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm saying, I'm saying it, it, it's about rebonding again and, and having fun. And children have to have fun. And in, in that, you are speaking a language that speaks a thousand times louder than any words you can use. You're saying to that child, without using words, but in a much more powerful way, you're kind of cool and I like you. You know, I just like you. I mean, if you're having fun and the kid is going to sense it, and the kid is going to start having fun, so you're going to rebut. And I guarantee you the next day when you tell him, go to bed, while last week he would have been sitting back on you, He's going to think twice before doing that because all of a sudden I got this thing with daddy and I don't want to lose it. You understand? It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, in your book, you, you know, one of the things that you, you know, that, um, and if, if those of you who are listening, uh, Rodney has a book that he has published and I would, I would advise 
anyone who wants to understand more about parenting and and how what their relationship with their, to build a, a more loving and um, understanding relationship with their children, I would I, I would advise you to um, tap into the resources that Rodney is providing for free, right? Rodney, you're not charging anybody anything, correct? No, I'm not charging anything for that. Uh, the, the whole idea here is I wanted to um, to provide something that people could access without having to worry about paying anything, and it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a free download. I fully intend to develop it into a more substantive work down the road that I, I might have on sale. But this version of it, um, I want everybody to have it for free. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, in, one of the things you, you know, one of the highlights that you have, and it just says, um. Um, you want to lay the foundation for blissful parenting and um, set the stage for growth and personal leadership for the entire family. So, you know, um, does this, uh, no, as a, as a parent, let's say you're a parent and you have maybe a rebellious teenager, a rebellious child that, you know, you believe that, um, that you know, you, you, of course you don't want to resort to it, like you said, the violence, because that's research has shown that it's counterproductive. Um, what do you say to those parents who are struggling right now with that concept of look, I love my child and I want to give him the best that I, you know, most parents are going to say, well, I want to give him whatever I didn't have. So they go to their way to, in some instances, in some cases, they will go broke trying to give that child whatever it is mm-hmm. that they, you know, in terms of rewards that they didn't have. And yet this child still seems to be one of the kids that is always talk, but talking. Him, uh, show them up in public, um, get into trouble at school, and so forth. Um, what do you say to those those parents who are saying, "Man, Rodney, I could use somebody like you right now," but damn, oh, I mean, what what is it that I need to do as an individual to be able to buy into what you're telling me can work if I don't resort to any other thing other than the, the, the rod? Well, each, each, each situation is different, right? But I, I you can't buy children, eh? Mm-hmm. You, you can you can you can provide all the things that you didn't have, but the one thing that they need most from you is your time, is your love, um, is is your is your very very constant message that they are somebody and that they're worth your time, right? Um, you have to have time with each child that is, is sacred, right? If the prime minister of the country calls you on that time, you should be able to say, I'm sorry, I have an important appointment. And the prime minister might know that it's with your five-year-old daughter or your 15-year-old son. Mm-hmm. But nothing should be take a higher priority. Anyway, the messages we send to the kids are not always overt. They're not always very obvious. But it, it, it comes to us in, in how, how, we, how we treat them, right? If I keep throwing things at them, but I can't tell you when last I sat down with them to have some fun, and that kid is is acting out in school or wherever, then maybe you need to take a look at where the priorities are. It's not about spending money on the kids and making providing. We are such good providers sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think that's our duty, especially if we didn't have one growing up. But the the best investment is... is, um, Quality time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, well, I think you know, in this, in this, in this modern world where we have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of distractions to parents, you know, and um, 
you know, you know, it's, it's sometimes we we, we lose sight of the fact. But one of the things that that I think that um, you know, you mentioned is that this relationship that the parents don't take the time out to to really spend that quality time with that kid. No, the question that I have is. Is that a very thin line? Because okay, there's you know again, I don't have any empirical data, to, but I just go by what I hear people say. They say, well, hey, you know, you can't be friend like that because if a be friend like that, you might get uh, you might lose respect for you. What is how, what would be your advice to parents who are struggling with that idea? Look, I want to be my daughter friend. I want to be my son friend. I want I want to tell me everything. Is that is that a good thing or where what what yeah. is? Uh, yeah, I, I tell parents when they come in the line, don't get it twisted. You're a parent. Who said anything about friends? Mm-hmm. Your kids' friends are his... If your child is 14 years old, his friends are 14 years old. You can't be that child's friend. You you father five or 30 or 50 or whatever it is. Forget that friend thing. Mm-hmm. Right? So the, the, the relationship between a parent and a, and a child or a parent and a teenager is a very special one, but it's not a friendship. And so when I talk about sitting down and bonding, we're not talking about being their friend. We're talking about being a loving, compassionate parent mm-hmm. with, who develop a special bond with a child. But, 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 but friend, most of <laughs> we don't talk about no no friend, but I mean, but again, okay, okay, let me perhaps let me let me let me okay. When they say friend, I mean, I I I take it to mean when they say friend, they want to be, you know, because they, they the goal that they said is that they want this kid to be able to come to them and tell them whatever, you know, whatever issue that's that's affecting them within outside, whether it's a school with the friend relationship. Yeah, the okay, then 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 they need to say that right because. I have some things I would never tell my friends, but I would go to my pastor and discuss it with my pastor. I might cut some things I might discuss with my pastor, but I might go and discuss it with, with my teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, or there are some things that I might discuss with my male friends that I would never discuss with my female friends. Or there are some things I might discuss with my female friends that I would never discuss with my male friends. So and if it's about somebody that your kids can come and talk to, two things you have to bear in mind. And number one, the parent that comes and tells, tells me, right in my office, that my picnic could come and tell me anything, I have to fight hard to stop rolling my eyes up in the ceiling because I could guarantee you that that same day or the next day the child will come in my office and counseling and say, Hi, Mr. Davis, you wouldn't understand. My man will listen to nothing what I tell her. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And the last thing you want is to be a parent and, and 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 thinking that your child has to come and tell you everything. That's abnormal. That is that is not a healthy thing, right? And again, let's think back on your younger days. Was there ever everything that you told your parents? No, I mean, if you were, yeah, if you were 14, yeah. 16, 17, and you were doing certain mm-hmm. things that weren't considered wrong but certain mm-hmm. things your parents wouldn't approve of, mm-hmm. you might not want to tell your parents those things. And so that's okay. That's healthy, right? Mm-hmm. But you do want to be, indeed, you do want to be, the goal is not to be a person that then your parents could, your children could come and tell you any or everything. And that's an impossible goal and it's not a healthy goal. 
Mm-hmm. But you do want to be the go-to person if your kid needs guidance on something and um, they're searching around for answers. You prefer to, to be an approachable parent so that when the, 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 the child decides, okay, the best person to talk to about this is, oh, um, the guy who was trying to check me down, uh, quote me from the street corner there, um, I go, I see. You want to, to ask me or you want them to say, you know, maybe the best person for me to ask is my parent. But if the minute you, the child opens his mouth and you start saying things like, what do you think about, white friend? Um, and then that's a, that's a barrier there. Mm-hmm. And so in, um, there's a wall that you put up, and so, of course, you're not an approachable parent. And so you have to be careful about that. So you, you, it's, a, it's a very thin line that we're walking here, where you want them to talk to you about certain things. But in order for them to do that, you have to behave a certain way that makes you an approachable parent. Mm-hmm. So, so in other words, you have to try to strike a balance between, say, you want your your your, your kids, your children to come to you and with issues that may that they you know that maybe they can't discuss with anybody else, but at the same time, you want it to be a relationship where they recognize that that you know it has to be one based on respect and you know. And all. Yes, you have to create you have to create a safe space mm-hmm. where they know that if they enter that space. They're not going to be um, yelled at. They're not going to be hit. They're not going to. They're going to. They're going to experience nothing but love and compassionate guidance. Mm-hmm. That has to be a very soft place for them to fall, mm-hmm. right? And if if you provide that, then you will be the person they will turn to, right? But if you take the scared around approach they're going to do just the opposite. So, again, we have to, we have to remember not to misinterpret or say the rod thing because it's not really, really biblical, right? The rod is a, the rod is a very, very gentle thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, not, yeah, the rod, yeah, you're, you're right. The rod is inter- interpreted as though it's, um, as if though it's something that has to do with violence. Um, you know, the thing about it too, Rodney, is, um, as, you know, we go on with this discussion here, with parents and child relationship, um, okay, many of us we migrated from 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 another country. Well, in this case, Belize, Central America, and we, you know, we, you know, we we come into the United States, which has a whole new um, way of of you know of doing things in terms of child adult relationship in terms of raising your child, and it, it, in most instances, it diametrically opposes many of the. The, 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 um, the social um, social constructs that we that we grew up with, correct? So now my question right. is, you know, um, how do we reconcile this? Because I see a lot of parents, and I've talked to a lot of them who still believe that that they need to rely on that those old social constructs that they learn as, as children. Even we talk about second generation believing the way they're raising their kids. How, what what counsel would you give to those parents? I mean, that still thinks that that's the best way because they say, oh, American picnic behavior. They know, you know, that I mean, you know what I'm picnic. So that's, you know. I used, to get a, I used to get a response a lot when I started to give the course because the, the, the course that I taught is an American course. It's like six weeks we asked parents to come and sit down in a classroom. And um, one of the first things that they would always say to me is, hey, I see a bunch of white people from this thing. You know, um, you show that up for me? 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, here's a, a couple of things, right? Um, we, we are all living, we are all part of the human race, you know? And um, picnic that, uh, for want of a better word, to, to, to smell and taste at the same age, whether you go to Timbuktu or Korea or China or Russia or the United States or Belize or Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, it, it, to make a long story short, kids and families and human beings are a lot more alike than they are different, right? Mm-hmm. So at the very worst, you know, 80% of what we teach applies to everybody, right? Now, if you, if you look at me and you tell me, yeah, but um, you know what, the being at the American picnic, and let's take another look at that. Which American picnic did you talk about? Did you talk about the ones that you are exposed to that you see every day in the ghetto? There's a bunch of other American kids that you don't get to see because they live in a suburb somewhere. And they, they, they preach and they practice what I am trying to get you to, to, to subscribe to. And so I make no apologies because it's based on the, on, on, on the, on the best practices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would be willing to bet you that if you go back and rewind and look inside the household of a Barack Obama, you probably wouldn't have seen a whole lot of hating and, and harsh words. And if you look back in, 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 in any really successful person who has achieved a lot and, and go back in their background, you're going to see some, for a lot of compassion in their, in their, in their brain from somewhere, mm-hmm. right? And so be careful about um, when it is said the American picnic because um, which American picnic are we talking about, right? Um, you, 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 can't, you can't take the whole United States with one broad stroke. Based on your right? own experience that you, or which may be some limited or whatever, limited, yeah. Limited experiences because of where you live and what you were exposed to, mm-hmm. you know? And so understand that when we're talking about these things, the things that I put in the e-book, right, they are based on best practices, okay? They are not things that you're going to see every day. But if you want them, if you apply them, there are things that will work 10 times out of 10, and I could tell you that from experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the rod, the rod is a gentle thing. I keep saying it, and I'm going to keep hiring in it. Um, it's about universal love, and all of the Rastafarian people in Belize, all the churches in Belize, all the universities. I, I remember um, in the last program you had, I don't remember if it was Lois or who it was that brought. I think it was one of your callers that uh, talked about the role of the university. Speaking of right? callers, I have one on the line though too, Rodney, who okay. wants to chime in. Um, hold on well, a second. We, we should do that. Caller, you're on the line. Who am I speaking to? Identify yourself. Hello, you're on the line. Identify yourself, please, if you have a question for Mr. Davis. I think we lost that one. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, um, uh, you know, he, I, I saw it again. Most of, please call back if you if you have a question. Yeah, listen, if somebody yeah. calls, um, I'm interrupt what we're doing. Because yeah, I, 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 actually, I, well, I didn't want to interrupt you. That's why, um, you know, but um, I want that person to no, call. Please, please do, please do. That's more important. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So let's get back to the discussion. In your, in, also in your ebook, one of the things that I found interesting was the fact that, um, you know, I've never seen, you know. 
um, maybe I guess I, I don't want to I consider myself to be worldly and well widely read, but I haven't really seen anybody from Belize, and I'm, I'm gonna I don't want to like pigeonhole Belize into anything, but I haven't seen anybody in, body in Belize do at least make an attempt to say, okay, we have a lot of issues with, you know, within our schools, with our kids, and, you know, the breakdown of the fabric with, you know, with, you know, with the children, you know, just becoming desensitized to violence. And, um, you know, um, I haven't seen anybody trying to say, look, how do we, how are we going to address this? Would you think this, have you done anything to try to get this book within the curriculum or your e-book within the curriculum of, you know, of Belize? Because, I mean, I think that this is something that, Definitely, the schools, um, and this is a different thing because I don't want. I'm, I'm going to get into the policy thing in a minute, but I was just saying, you know, that when I'm, I'm looking at this thing, I say to myself, "Gee, um, this is like it could be used anywhere." Of course, I'm not saying, you know, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like you said, it's universally. It's not just, but for the sake of the fact that we're Belizeans, you know, I'm going to, yeah, yeah. I want to ask, what similarities do you see between Saint Martin's and, and Belize in terms of, um, in terms of parenting? Parenting uh, ideology. Okay, um, to, to 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 address your first question first, though, um, you know, everything happens in stages, right? At this point, uh, you could just go on the internet and download the book, mm-hmm. right? So I'm hoping that, um, you know, that uh, through through this medium that we, we spread the word and then everybody just gets to download the book. What I am really after is because once you download the book, um. In order to do that, you you have to exchange email address with me, and so I have some other things coming down in the pipeline where I ask for your feedback, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm hoping that I get feedback, particularly from 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 um, from everywhere. But I I would like a lot of feedback from the legion because that's going to um, feed the the next edition of the book. I I want more stories coming from people who actually read the book mm-hmm. to tell us their experiences about. Um, how it worked, how it didn't work, different things. And so the whole idea is to get um, everybody to, 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 to take the book and then, and then provide me with their feedback so that we could work as one community to, to move forward and, and, and discuss these issues online, offline, or wherever. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. Now, on, on, on the, to address the second question about similarities, there, there's, really, there's really no difference, you know. We are any, any, anywhere in the Caribbean where we, we share a colonial past. We, we have the exact same issues where, you know, you, we, we all came from, um, you know, a certain part of the world, and then we were, we, were, we were subjugated and put in a different environment, and we, we, we just inherited and passed along whatever that environment taught us, you know? And so we, we still have vestiges, vestiges from, from that time, and they're very strong, right? And so we talk about it very briefly, again, towards the top of the show, where we, 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 we talk about you know, the European way of doing things is very confrontational. It's either right or wrong. It's black and white. And we don't accommodate a whole lot of different shades of gray, right? And, and, and that really isn't the way how... Um, people of African descent operate optimally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, many of these things you say are foreign to our to our very uh, nature. So our, our, yes, they were very nature. We we tend to, um, and we, we came from a, a lot, what some people might call matriarchal societies, right? Mm-hmm. 
where where the, the, the whole thing was very, a, a very loving, accommodating thing, you know. And there were certain um, um, cultures back back there in Africa there where children were, were not known to cry. It's unheard of. Mm-hmm. The, the, the environment was so nurturing that a crying child is an unknown entity, not so long anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as, we, as, 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 as these cultures became more and more exposed to the, to the outside, particularly in the Western world, which changes, uh, we, we, we now seem to accept that that's the way it's always been. It, it hasn't, right? Our parenting culture that we use now actually came from medieval Europe, right? Where we had, you know, um, serfdom. The king, the queen, and they presided over their, their, their entire serfs and their, their families. And each family had a head and a, and, and a wife and the eldest son. There's a definite pecking order. And authority goes from top down, right? Mm-hmm. While we came from societies that went crossways, right? Mm-hmm. So when you hear all yourself saying things like, victims must know their place, children must know their place, um, they must be seen and not heard. Remind yourself that that's a, a foreign thing to what you really are, and it's not a natural thing, and it's very, it's very hurtful to families, mm-hmm. right? It's hurtful to individuals, and it's hurtful to young people. Mm-hmm. So we have to, we have to, we have to understand, in a broader sense, you know, um, how human beings behave and operate optimally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I hope I answer. I hope I answered the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we're coming up on a break, Rodney. I don't know if you mind staying on for another segment here. Um, let's take a little break. I usually take a break on the top of the hour, and then we are going to come back. Uh, for those of you listening, um, my name is Hubert Pipersberg, and I'm talking to Mr. Rodney C. Davis, who is a. Um, uh, I know Rodney don't like to put himself with titles, but he's uh, you know I consider you some sort of a guru on you know on, uh, pioneering you know in the Caribbean, if you will, on on, ch- on ch- uh, children parent relationships. You know something I solely needed that can go a long way in addressing many of the things that we have as a nation. You know that that's ailing us in terms of the way our children seems to be just way rather out of control. But uh, we're going to take a break, and um, Rodney has agreed to stay on stay on for another. Um, 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 another segment. However long, however long it takes. All right, my brother. I really appreciate. It. We only have another hour. I don't want because I know you're. In, I know you're, you're not feeling too well. But um, if you want to call in and have any questions for Rodney, you could call nine. I mean, some sorry, seven one four two four two six one one nine. Once again, that's seven one four two four two six one one nine. You can also listen to us do, um, via the Skype address. I'm going to give you the Skype address in a minute. But we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break <coughs> on the discussion. And um, so Rodney can get some water or whatever, you know, and I can, um, Thank you. you know. Um
have on uh, on the line with me, um, Mr. Rodney C. Davis, out of Saint Ma- on the island of Saint Martin, but he's now vacationing in New York City, and he is so grateful to allow us the opportunity to um, to discuss with him um, parenting and, and child development, and I think that's a feel that we we all take for granted because you know we believe that um, you know you know we know best, and yet we probably do. But it doesn't hurt to have people who have done the research, who have done you know the extra mile to give us tools for us to be able to uh, be better equipped to uh, to uh, address some of the very vexing issues that we have, you know, between conflict between parents and um and child. And um, I'm talking to Rodney C. Davis, you know, who wrote a book on this thing. I mean, you know, how to win back the child you love in 30 days: seven steps to a blissful parent-child relationship. And um, if anyone who has children and they decide that they want to, um, this is a must-read. I, 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 I advise you to to download it, contact him. You know, you can contact him on Facebook. He's on Facebook. He's on Twitter. He's on um, he's on all the social uh, networks, as far as I as far uh, as far as I know. Um, LinkedIn, you know. So please contact him and you know and, and and see how you can get a copy of this and and share ideas with him because I mean I think what Rodney is doing is what he, at least within the context of Caribbean and Belize is pioneering research. Yes, I think what you know, and so you know, it's not something that we should. You know, I, I think I'm, it's a very, very serious thing. He has gone out of his way. He didn't have to do this to do the research and compile and certain things to help us to become better, uh, you know, adults and interaction with our kids. So I mean, that's you know, to me, it's you know, I, I mean, one of the things that I want that I that I saw that you highlighted is, um, you said, when the cooperation you need for happy home without power struggles. When you say power struggles, can you? Can you expand on that a little bit more, Rodney? Okay, that that one that one does have some deeper psychology embedded in it. So I'm just going to try explaining things in everyday language that people could understand and understand easily, right? Again, the way how we we have been, our culture has been has been um, indoctrinated into bringing up children is is we invite power struggles, right? Um, teenagers particularly, right? They, they, their job, I mean, you know, um, I tell parents all the time, um, you, you, you have a child that is starting to push boundaries and starts to be a little bit rebellious. You should be patting yourself on the back for having a normal child. Like a child who is 15, 16, 17 and is not starting to push boundaries, is the child that's going to be in your house until 30, 35, 40, right? So the whole teenage years is about transitioning between childhood and adulthood, you know? And so to get back to what you were saying, um, you know, if you, if, you, if you say things to a child that, um, that, that or react, I want to put it that way, we, we, when we react to children and, and what we see as negative behavior, right, we invite a power struggle. Now, let me explain the psychology of this, right, and I do have to get into the psychology of it a little bit because that's, that's where it comes from, mm-hmm. right? Um, a lot of times you have to understand that, that uh, um, we, we, we make a mistake when we try and look for the cause of a, of a of the way how a teenager or a child is behaving, 
right? Um, you could go and, and be very accurate and find what the cause was, but nine times out of ten, that is not going to give you a clue as to what to do about it. In other words, knowing the cause doesn't point to the solution. What you have to do instead of trying to figure out what, why the child behaves or what was the cause, figure out instead what the child is looking for, right? What is the child after? What are they trying to accomplish, right? And here we have to go back to basic human needs. You know, it's the things that go across the board, not only children, right? We're either looking to, to belong somewhere, right? You cover, you cover this in all your programs. They, they seek a certain amount of power, right? Uh-huh. They seek to belong somewhere. They seem they want to be stimulated, right? And, and they also want to be challenged, right? So we're talking about those basic needs. Well, here's the thing. Our script, our parenting script, and the way how we look at using the rod is counterproductive to the child gaining power. In other words, we have been taught not to give the child any power in our parenting. Uh-huh. Right? The parents should keep the power. And so I'm going to challenge parents to look at that carefully because the minute I take the power away from my teenager to make decisions, to solve problems on their own, I have just robbed that teenager of the opportunity to learn how to make decisions and solve problems. I have, I have eliminated one more possibility for them to learn how to go out there and strive for themselves. And parenting is, is, is the only job I know where the whole purpose of your job is to work yourself out of that job, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You, you want by the time the child is 21 years old that you could just sit back and say, whatever my child does is okay because that's a very responsible adult right now, right? But how do you think they're going to get there if you rob them of chances to learn how to make decisions and, and solve their own problems? And so, again, our parenting culture tells us to, to, to not to give up power and so as the child starts to get older, when the child is young, it's not a problem, right? The child isn't speaking a whole lot of power when, 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 when he's only five, maybe when he's two, but not when he's five or eight. But if it's a normal child, it will start speaking power when they're 30, 12, 13, 14, 15, right? Uh-huh. And, and, and um, if I'm, in power, we're talking about the ability and the opportunity to make decisions on my own and solve my own problems. Yeah, because I'm glad you explained that because when they said poor people, I said, well, what do you mean by poor? They want control, you know. Or, but yeah. I, I guess it ultimately boils down to control then because, I mean. Control, yes, it's about control over me, mm. right? You're my parent, but I am trying to work myself out of you continuing acting like my parent because I have to go to attend to myself at some point. Mm-hmm. But parents have to understand that it's a natural thing then for the child to be pushing bounces because teenage years is a time for them to to practice being an adult. When you practice being an adult, what are the things you have to do as an adult? You have to make your own decisions and solve your own problems. And so they need practice. And so you have to give up some power and, and some control and, and, and take it from you and put it on them, right? And so what happens if you, if again, in our parenting culture, if you're constantly trying to keep the power, the things we say to our kids tend to invite a power struggle because we are hell-bent on showing them that I'm the boss in my home. 
and they're hell-bent on showing you, yeah, but you can't, you're not going to be the boss of my life forever. Uh-huh. I think you're, inviting, you're inviting up our struggle, right? And, and we show parents a very simple thing where even from a very young age, you could sidestep our struggles by just simply giving children choices, right? There are choices that you could live with. You know, so instead of, instead of saying, um, you know, um, you, you can't date nobody and you can't have no sex until you're 21 and married, uh-huh. right? Um, depending on the, the personality and the character of your child, you, 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 might, you might get total silence and they're going to you know, go and construct a whole reality on their own that you are totally not aware of, which is what happened to diaspora parents nine times out of ten, uh-huh. right? It's either they're going to do that or they're going to um, fight you, right? Yeah, it's a natural reaction to, 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 to resist. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yes, they're going, they're going to resist in order to, mm-hmm. to show you that, um, no, I don't have to do this. I don't have to pull your line every single time. And, and what they seem to understand the psychology of it is that even if you manage to overcome and, and, and you think you've won the battle because you've gotten the chance to pull the line at the end of the day, you've won the battle but you've lost the war because the child has, has, has gotten a negative payback. Now, what do I mean by that? What we're saying is that just the fact of being in a fight with you gives them the power that they were looking for, but watch when they got the power. They got the power by acting in a negative way. Mm-hmm. So what you did was just teach them how to behave in a negative way, and the next time they're going to keep doing that over and over and over again, and you're going to find yourself saying things like, why do I have to say the same thing to this child over and over again? If you find yourself saying that, I tell parents, check yourself, check yourself. It means you're doing the same negative thing over and over. You're training your child to behave in a negative way without realizing it, uh-huh. right? If you turn that on the teddy, you could always look at it the other way. As well. The child is, changed, is, is, is training you to escalate any time you get into a conflict. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of a reverse so, thing because the child is using the exact same thing back on you in this part of struggle that you're trying to, you know, he's just u- using that learned behavior in future conflict that will that you taught him. Yeah, it's, her, it's, the, only, it's the only power I, you, you allow me mm-hmm. is to get into a fight with you where I have to force you to get up and raise your voice and stomp your feet and, and say, I am the man of the house and I wear the pants and you're going to stay in this house and kill and you start making the noise. Um, and what if you could go back into the child's brain at that time? You can see a whole lot of chemicals running around in the brain, and they're feeling very good about themselves because they have pushed your button and got you to escalate. And they're the ones in actual control. You thought that you have um, put your foot down and get them to do what you want. You have actually done the opposite. You have actually allowed the child to push your button and control your emotion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, <laughs> um, who, is, who is really in control? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, let, um, let's touch it up for a minute because, see, one of the things that I found out is that, you know, well, I mean, in my observation, I deal with a lot of parents as a parent myself, is that we tend to, we tend to, um, you know, like you said, try to get into these power struggles, and most often than not, you know, as a parent, you're going to lose because, you know, the child, you know, have a way of manipulating that. But yep. Um, yep. in terms of values, in, in, in terms of our value, I mean, most people say, well, you know, let's say you, you know, whatever your value system is, whether you're brought up as a Christian or non-Christian, but you have certain intrinsic values that you that you that you believe will guide your, you know, the way you you look at your life. 
do we, how do we, I mean, without being authoritarian, without being, uh, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, this this the parent that's trying to, um, like you said, boss your kid around to the point because, uh, you know, we are, we are talking about another human being. How do we um, get these values that we want them to have without using okay. power so, struggle? The thing I use here is, is to get parents to consider the, the, the difference between control and influence. And you don't want to be the one in control because control is a funny thing. It backfires, right? If you're the one controlling, what happens when you're no longer in control? Yeah. And the child hasn't, and the child hasn't learned to deal with the fact that they're the ones now in control because you didn't give them the opportunity to practice it, right? Control is really counterproductive to child development. You don't want to be the one that controls the life that you're being controlled. You don't want to be the one that influences and Influence is a good word because when you're the one that influences a child, it means that even when you are not around, that child hears your voice when mm-hmm. they're in that decision-making mm-hmm. and they're standing in the gap, so to speak, mm-hmm. and they have to make a decision or solve a problem. They hear your voice because that's the kind of influence you have. And, and, and you know, well, again, when you operate from a control paradigm, um, what happens is the child toes the line and do what you say, but the minute you turn your back, the child goes back to whatever they were doing because you haven't taught them anything. It is using a rod in, 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 in the wrong way, that's what it does, right? It gets compliant. And we, mm-hmm. we, put, we, we explain very clearly in the, in the e-book, right? Um, <coughs> sorry. If all you ask after is compliance, fine, go ahead and, and, and use the rod in those ways. But understand that, understand that um, at the end of the day, you have no influence over that child when you're not around, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you want to be the voice in that child's head 10 years later when you haven't even seen the child for six months, but that child is in a situation where they have to make a decision and they hear your voice, that's what you're after, not control, influence. And how do you get that? Again, the same things we've been discussing from the top of the program. You have to form that bond and you have to build a relationship and you have to use something that's more powerful than using the rod in a violent way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I say more powerful, I'm talking about the soft approach. The soft approach... Rodney, you have the caller back. I know you said to cut you short. You have a caller back from 909. Well, let's, let's take the caller. Caller, you're on the line. Hi, good morning, Hubert. This is Gregory Morrison. Hi, Gregory. How are you? Gregory, okay, say hello yeah. to, uh, to, to, to brother um, Rodney Davis in New York City. Hi, hey, hi Rodney. Um, I've been listening hi, to you, and hi, it's very hi, interesting hi. what you've been saying. Um, and I do understand um, all of the academics of what you're saying about the historical role of parenting uh, going all the way back to Africa. Um, and while that dynamic is pretty cool, I think understanding and realizing that we are operating someone else's or particularly European tools for raising our kids um, and that there are other options for raising children that we inherently have also. You know, I think that's good. Uh, But I I hardly think that the case and the problem that the youth population is facing uh, uh, strictly is um, from discipline and whipping and so forth. 
I think it is more from a case of neglect, neglect from parents, neglect from communities, neglect from the power structure, you know, the government or the churches or wherever that guidance should come. And so, you know, I think, um, as you said, the rod is more not for whipping kids, but for giving them guidance and direction. So um, that, that's basically my, my um, issue. Hi, Rod. Um, thanks a lot, Gregory. Excellent, excellent, um, excellent synopsis. Uh, that's an excellent, there, excellent observation, yes, because mm-hmm. um, Greg is totally right, right? And I, I think that's our cue for, for talking a little bit about the new situation in Belize where, you know, because so far what we are talking about is if the parent is even around, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and how to change the, the parenting culture in such a way that we get the results that our parents are really looking for. So Greg is alluding to know the fact that we, we have, um, and you talked about it earlier, the total breakdown in structure, mm-hmm. right? And, and again, I, I, um, out, out there in the Caribbean, it's the same situation exists, right? And you have to, we have this debate in the schools where you have some teachers, and we have a lot of teachers coming from Europe in the margin, right? Mm-hmm. We have this eternal debate, right? Because we're looking at my approach and saying, because I, I put a lot of emphasis on working with parents. And they're saying, the teachers are saying, you know, but that's a parent's job. And I, I am a teacher. I don't have any role to play in that, right? And, and I keep telling them, you know, you guys are from Europe, but you're not in a Caribbean setting, and you're a developing society. And, um, you know, we're talking about, about healing families because the families are not uh, are suffering and they're, they're, they're ailing. And so that's what Greg is talking about. How do you address that problem? Because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and so what we're talking about is these things that I've been talking about. Is, if you are wrong as a parent, these are the things you have to do, and this is the kind of um, paradigm shift you have to have in your thinking and your approach to parenting. Mm-hmm. But how does the society in a whole not address this problem where there's no, even parents are wrong nine times out of ten? My, I, my, my, I'm, I'm very strong in advocating that you have to solve the problem in a practical way. And so um, if mommy and daddy are not there, again, look to the research and, and what works, right? There are community groups that are very, very, very influential in reaching kids, right? You have to work with what is, what exists, right? Mm-hmm. You have, you have a, um, in, a, in a school and the churches, just those two organizations alone, and there are many others, but just let's look at those two. Those two organizations could be making a, a, a much bigger impact because they, they, they have um, an audience every single day, right? So you cannot keep doing the couple thing that I, I feel so much in the margin, right, where um, you're saying, yeah, but that's a parent's job and I'm a teacher or I'm an educator. But then every day in your classroom, the child is bringing into your classroom problems that come from the home, and, and, and you can't even teach that child, mm-hmm. right? So what I'm saying is, is, is that from a sociological point of view, we have to begin looking at other institutions to, to, to come in and help heal the family, right? And, and I have a strong message there for the church and the educational institution to do more, right? So I, I say this at the same time where I, I have to have a lot of, and we have to be careful saying it, right, because we put a whole lot of stress on teachers already. Yeah. The class, classrooms are battled, though. Yeah, they, 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 they do. Asking them to do more again. Yeah, because, 
you know, the point is, you know, I think what, you know, we used to say t- teachers are, you know, supposed to t- teach you three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic, but now you're asking teachers to raise a picnic field as well, you know, in addition to, to providing the traditional, um, um, uh, yes, of course, teachers will nurture them, but, but in addition to nurturing, you're asking them to literally become a parent for your, ca- your child during those hours when they're not there. Is that a fair assessment? I mean, is that fair to ask a teacher to it, be it, a parent for your child? It, 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 unfortunately, and but it is a fair assessment, right? I mean, you're not going to be the, the parent literally. You're not going to take up that much of your time. But you're going to have to use the same approaches that I'm advocating in, in, in the book. And you're going to have to go one mile further and do things like visit a child's home. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, have, I have found in my work at the beginning of the school year, if I know, already know that child comes from a situation where there's no structure, if I don't visit that child's home, I'm going to have problems with that child for the rest of the four years that child is in that school. And I make sure I visit that home very early and go and break bread in that child's home. Mm-hmm. But that's and part of the traditional rule, Rodney, of what, see, I mean, that's going extra mile because you're trying to capture, I think, the overriding theme is what I, what I hear you say, and, you know, I mean, I think I want my listeners, at least from my standpoint, is that you're talking about capturing kids' hearts. That seems to thank be you. the uh, – is that a fair you, assessment that, there? That, that's exactly what it is. It's a battle, right? But it's a very soft battle, but it's a very powerful battle. And so I'm asking a lot from educators because I, I work in an educational institution. I used to be in the classroom myself. I know the stress they're under. Classrooms are, are literally back of zones. I am sure it is the same in belief, right? Mm-hmm. Every time you get a teacher on your program, you're going to hear them. I am 100% sure you're going to tell them you're going to hear the same thing, right? Um, but what I tell them is that if, um, what I'm advocating is the only solution because the, 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 the alternative is to not do what I'm saying, and you're going to keep experiencing the same problems you're experiencing already where half of your, your kids, you cannot really educate them because you don't have their attention, right? You don't have their attention because they are, they are stressed by emotional things caused by a breakdown in their home, mm-hmm. and there's nobody there to provide structure for them. And, 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 and so, no, we're not asking you to be a parent every single day. I ask my teachers to go and make one visit at the beginning of the school year to their child's home. If you have children in your classroom or your homeroom, visit a child's home, especially if they come from a depressed socioeconomic background. And you're going to see the amount of influence you have in a child. You don't even have to go there to teach anything. Just go and break bread. Mm. You know, I come to look for, for your son or, okay, you know, spend some time. There doesn't have to be any particular conversation. Just be there. And it, the, next, the next day when that child walks into school, they look at you totally different. Mm-hmm. Because they know you can. Yeah. So yes, mm-hmm. you're correct. You're you're being fighting a battle battle for the children's hearts, right? And and we must understand that it's a battle. And the only way we can win it is, is to take on the challenge and go a step further. Mm-hmm. So there are other institutions, of course, but I start a lot with the church and with the schools because they have a captive audience already. Especially the ones where your your um. The teachers in primary school could see how a young man is tracking or how a young lady is tracking, and they could see that this one is going to probably be a dropout. The that, trend is already established. You could see that. Mm-hmm. You could mm-hmm. see it coming, and that mm-hmm. should raise a red flag that, okay, this is a home visit. Mm-hmm. 
So because the one thing the one thing you want to do is to remain a positive influence in a child's life. Mm-hmm. Here's what, here's a question that I had that I you know Mason. So you your 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 research it seems is you know turning on head the traditional role because for example you know you know what usually we always address these things by saying oh now broken home a single parent poverty crime you know disenfranchised neighborhood so forth and so on those are quickly trotted out. And substitute for telling a parent, man, why don't you just be compassionate with your kid and try to, you know, be understanding and try to be there for that kid and try to, you know, um, yeah. you know. So and we should, and we should continue, and we should continue doing that, but we should be realistic. Also, no, see, there's a vicious cycle happening here. There's a lot of kids that came from broken homes that are now adults and parents, and so they have no role models in how to be parents, and so we are waiting for them to fix a problem that they don't know exists. Because that's the entire frame of reference. That's so why I'm saying the other institutions have to step up mm-hmm. temporarily. And when I say temporary, I'm talking about one generation. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to think long term. This is not a quick fix. You cannot fix overnight. You know, this is not something that's going to fix one election to the next. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a generation. Well, you're speaking of the, the traditional role. Okay, we, 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 I think what Gregory Marston you know, touched upon too was you know sense of community from from you know from institutions, established institutions, church, business, um, you know, social and uh, uh, NGOs and so forth. But I think that if you okay, do you want to outsource your some things that and you touch on it, your responsibility starts at you know what do you, what do you say about those people who say well gee. It starts in the home before you can even try to outsource it to any to anywhere else. Well, then then they they are perfectly correct. It does start in the home. I said that if you want to solve the problem, they have to start with the solution in the home too. Mm-hmm. And if the structure is not there, then part of our job is to provide a structure at least inside of that child. Mm-hmm. Even so you're if saying the community have a responsibility. Then you're not you're not absolving the community from their responsibility. So even though that child comes from a broken home. Because what I, I guess what, I'm, what, what I want to focus on here, Rodney, is the fact that we always try to blame or shift, blame shift on a lot of things that, in, you, know, you know, a lot of the problems that, you know, that, 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 so that, that are vast social failures that we may never solve. But that, does that mean that we have to still just throw up our hands and say, well, we can't do nothing for their kids, for their picnic and to bother or whatever. And when we, we ourselves have a responsibility, whether I'm a single parent or not, I still have a responsibility to love and nourish and uh, and, and, uh, and try to put um, you know the, capture that kid heart so he can be a good human being for society. Correct? Exactly. You just want to be a, a positive influence on that child. I mean, you, you don't know where it's going to come from. That child might be in a in a broken home that doesn't have a single positive adult in the environment. Everybody is gang banging and everybody is pushing weed and everybody is doing a whole bunch of stuff and they don't meet one positive responsible adult, right? And saying that one teacher, just for making that one visit, becomes a person that has influence. And when that child now has to make a decision whether they should go and, 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 and you know, pop a cap on somebody, but it's bothering them because the teacher tell them two years ago, they might just come back to you and say, teacher, you know, we're talking about something. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I got the sense when I was listening to your last program that... Um, <clears throat> You talked about last week with um, Diane Finnegan and um, Nelma Marie? Yes, those are people with influence. Yeah, they, they, know, they Those are people that have those kids coming to them every day asking them about life and that thing. They do. In the mm-hmm. counseling room, we see it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I have, when, when you see you have 12 or 13-year-olds that you come in your room for counseling, 
and they know more about the identity of the person who murdered the last person than the police, you know you have a problem. Mm-hmm. But you, you have more information on it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they know. Everybody in the street know who did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the grapevine. The, yeah, they have more access to the grapevine than you. Then you said, here's a history. Only the police know. Yeah. Right? Again, um, and, and you become a really positive influence. And so a lot of times, um, 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 even kids that came from very negative backgrounds, when they see they do turn around, 10 times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, the ones that turn around, we always point back to one positive role model. And it very often didn't take much and somebody that showed a little bit of interest. It didn't take a whole investment of visiting them and feed them every day. And then, no, just, just took an interest. But, you right? know, I was, I was looking, I was, uh, you know, reading one of the things that, you know, I mean, in Belize that they wanted to do and um, was they wanted to do preventive detention because one of the main things they said, well, the police, give the police more tools to, 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 you know, to address some of these things. And, and they're saying they were using the nihilism of these young men. That was a term that one of the politicians used, nihil- nihilism. And when I heard that word nihilism, I'm like, my God, you know, we talk about children. We're not talking about animals here. Or, you, you, know. you know what I mean? I mean, come on. I it mean, was like, wow. This, if you, this, if, is, this, is unfair, bro, this is unfair to the police. Mm-hmm. The, police the police are not social workers and psychologists and educators. They're, they're there to enforce the law, you know? And, and we expect them to do a... They're the ones that are supposed to be using the rod. Mm-hmm. Don't ask them to do something else. They, they, they're gonna, it's going to compromise their position. You know, they can't do that. Don't ask them to do that. This is a job for the educators, for the community organizations and NGOs, and particularly for the church. The church needs to step up to the plate, right? I have a strong problem with the church all over the Caribbean because instead of staying on the pulpit and preaching the converted, I need to see them on the block. On the, the trenches, on the front line. You know? corner, go mm-hmm. and do what Christ preached and go in the highways and byways and go and win your flock back. Mm-hmm. Send that message here. You know, I, I, you know, you know think one of the things, Rodney, that I found to be interesting when, you know, in observing our communities, whether it's in the diaspora or in, or in, or in Belize, and I spent a lot of time in Belize this past year or so, and um, I've seen where our the, 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 Gregor Marston mentioned it just now, but these institutions seem to be uh, directly enabling the opposite of what you were suggesting because they're advocating violence against the, you know, the youth. You know, I mean, and I understand, yes, you know, you know we, we, we see all the things that's going on, but they're advocating that, you know, that they must be beat down, they must be, you know, incarcerated, they, you know, where, and, and in the interim, the, the, the social units that are supposed to be providing alternative uh, things such as the, the church, business community, and uh, social organizations are non-existent. So the gangs, I found, have no ideology, no competing ideology for that None. kid. None. It's like, oh, either, no, no, no. so that kid has no choices, either the gang or nothing else, because there's no one else offering any alternative for that child to say, okay, you know what? I have a choice between going to Boy Scouts, Girl Guides, or Brownies, as opposed to mm-hmm. going to the Jazz Street kind of a hangout with the, with the gangbangers then. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, it's, um, I'm glad you, you, you mentioned that, right? Because it's really true. Um, when you advocate certain things, you're really throwing gas on the fire. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah, you need to go back to basics, right? Or, or who we are as human beings. Right, and these these people 
and all very cool and very fun-loving and peaceful set of people. Part of the reason why um, our society has reacted this way is because um, it, it, it upsets our very psyche to see when certain things happen and we react violently to it because that's what we've been taught to do. But it upsets us. And so you don't go healing that situation by, by, by you know, you know, you know what did Einstein say? You don't go and solve a problem with the same kind of thinking that created it. That's, that's insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> expect the same thing over and so, over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so the, the universal message here is, is, is you know, we used to be preaching all the time from way back in the 60s. It's decent, huh? You said it at the top and you said every program, peace. Peace, mm-hmm. and you have to come from that place, and, and that's a spiritual awakening you're talking about. And that's the reason why I speak so strongly to the church, right? Because um, even, the, even the church is scared and they have to, they have to stop being scared and um, and, and see, put on that cloak and go on there. Well, Rodney, back. listen, but they had always, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't know what has happened. You know, have they have they given up their traditional responsibility? Because coming up, I can recall we had you. Board Scout, Wesley, St. John's, you know, you could go to um, Bishop Memorial Center and get, to a, get in a little social group, youth group. So there were a lot of competing ideologies that, that would, that, yes, you could still join gang if that's if you're so disposed, but I'm saying there were competing ideologies that would let you decide if you had a choice if you want to go that way versus, say, you know, hanging with people or youths who are like mine well, who share your own disposition. Have the church, what has happened to... The Caribbean church, man, I mean, it, it, it's the church, frustrating. The church, it, 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 the church has simply, um, what you see happening in the church is a symptom of the problem. You can't blame them, right? They've been impacted by this just as much as everybody else, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's true. I mean, if, I, if, I get, if I get five church leaders in, in a room right now, we start talking about organizing and, and mobilizing um, some, some mentoring program where we could, we could have 20 young people uh, find some, some, some mentors for them and, and start to organize that from a church from a church level. And we tell them that it starts with you go uh, visiting the boys on the base. Out of that five church leaders, you will always find one or two that are just scared, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and don't want to go there because they don't know what anybody wants to do. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and we have to be compassionate about that too and understand that... Um, um, yeah, uh, that's a reality, and, and we can't afford to let's work with the other three, you know. Mm-hmm. But we have we, we have to to to, to herald that call and, and, and let them understand that this this is a spiritual battle we're fighting here as well, mm-hmm. and and the church has a big role to play in it. And so, if you're talking about competing ideologies, yes, I want I want I, I'm not a Christian myself, but I understand the role of the Christian church in the it's yeah, but I, well, I'm not talking about you know, you know trying to convert right, so, anybody. I'm talking about just yeah, just, have, just compassion, just compassion for the community. Yes, and they have important work to do. Mm-hmm. And we're saying we're saying um, take on that challenge. Eh? If, if 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 this particular leader is scared to do it, um, somebody step up to the plate. But if the, the whole church community needs to to um, 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 join hands with, with the um, people in the mental health educational and social welfare um, um, areas and, and um, conspire and mobilize themselves to, to organize different um, outreach programs. Mm-hmm. What in the convention slide, 
and the intervention side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like the program, the program that a young lady was running, she, she's strongly into intervention. Yeah. Right? Thanks. She yeah, Finnegan's program is, yeah, she's an intervention program. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I take my hat off to her because that is, that is where you're really in the trenches, eh? Well, you could you could hear from her stories that she has a tremendous amount of influence, right? Those young people do could go to her, and so that's what you want. The church needs to be um, to, to to be a part of that. That's a role that she's doing there that could be duplicated to say within more within the church and you know and and, yes. and the outreach program. And not, not because yes. you're trying to you know you know because I don't want people to religion or whatever. I'm not. That's not what that, what you I am saying anyway. We're just suggesting that you know that that as, a, as if you are part of the fabric of that community, you cannot just turn your back and and don't think that whatever is happening in the community is not going to affect you adversely. It will. We're all in the same yeah. boat. You know, yeah. You know, I don't care if you live the Caribbean shores, where you live the Port, Port Loyola, Majestic Olympic Jungle, whatever happens there invariably will affect you. And I don't think you could hide behind your little wall because they yeah, reach out to you. Yeah, you know, yeah. well, I think I think there was this. Um, I don't remember the Caribbean, the, the Jamaican artist that put it that way. That when the problems of the poor kid come kick down your door, then you know, then you begin realizing that you didn't have your eyes closed the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know, see, and I and I try to be fair, Rodney, because I, you know, I think it's you know, you know, a lot of these problems, like I said, represent, and you touch on it. Some of them are, you know, are colonial in nature that we inherit them, and you know, as a society, we that legacy. And, and I don't want I don't want people to say, oh, boy, you to blame. I'm not. We're not blaming colonialism because you know, I'm just saying that that's a legacy. Like Michael Mandel like to say, it's a legacy that you can't just discount and say, oh, you know, it, it's a part of our, our, our social structure, and we need to look at it. But I'm not going to. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to um, portion blame here. But let's say you have a situation where, in, in our school system, our educational system, let's talk about it for a minute. What role? What tradition have they also absorbed their traditional role? Because it used to be when you go to school, you know, any school, whether Queen Square, St. John's. Martin, St. Nations, any one of those schools, you, you know, there are certain behaviors that you know that once you get in step in that classroom will not be tolerated. I've heard people say this, Rodney, and I don't know if you've heard this, that, oh, that guy will not beat the picnic anymore. <laughs> so, corporal punishment, you know, you know, I've heard that. I mean, disgusted from me. And, and this, this, this is the reason why I believe so much in this church, right? Because mm-hmm. something that seems obvious to the naked eye, and when you, when you really go and dig a little bit deeper, you realize they had it the wrong way. Right, but what you see as the effect could be the cause. So if if, if, if you want to go and, and, and dig deeper, it's not because you don't hit the children anymore. It's because you stop hitting the children and you didn't put anything else in its place. Mm-hmm. Right? If you had an old outmoded paradigm of of um, beating as as the discipline mode, and you not take that away from you, you had to replace it with something else that is more powerful. That was the whole idea. And the truth of the matter is that we did not do so. Mm-hmm. And so we went from a bad situation to a worse situation. Mm-hmm. Personally, I prefer, to, I prefer to see the beating and nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But, but along with that, we have to also send a message that um, the best method of all is, is to use a very soft approach based on research, and, and that is based on compassion, love, and and. And, and yeah. thinking of the rod as, as as a gentle guidance and, and being an influence. But, and, you know, and, uh, that, that, that just simply works. Mm-hmm. But it, it takes yeah. an investment of people's time and commitment. Mm-hmm. One thing that I also um, you know, that I think we have prevalent within our society is the fact that we have started, and, and, I, and we, we don't leave anything in trust, you know, in trust for, for young people. Even the Jaguar have, you know, 
you know, sanctuary, malantihikiti. They all have vital trust left in, like we're talking to like say, you know, it, but we, you know, we, you know, we, we, you know, we, we don't have to leave anything in, in, in trust for our young people. And, you know, we, you know, the, the, the alarming thing to me, Rodney, is that this, the, the, um, life expectancy is 72 years old, approximately in Belize. It's less than half that for anywhere, for any someone between the age of 15 to 25. That's just some scary statistics right there. Yes. You know, that's, 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 we have declared that's, that's war. Did you know that's worse than the Middle East? <coughs> yes, it, that's scary. <coughs> those, those kids out there on Gaza, they have a longer life expectancy. Than someone from the Belize, you know. Yeah. That's very scary, my brother. And it, yeah, it, it, it addressed to the, it, it, it speaks volumes of the work that you are trying to do as a pioneer in the Caribbean to try to get us to, to look, to have, to win the hearts of our minds of our children by being more compassionate. That's it. That's it. That that kid that, that um, is capable of murder, right there. In in and when you look at that, you see anger. Yeah. Turn anger is one side of a coin. At any time you turn it on the other side, what you see is hurt. Mm-hmm. And if you if you can address that hurt, you have a friend for life, mm-hmm. right? And the the strategies. And the tactics of the advocate and the evil teach you exactly how to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I, I, you know, you know, I think that you know one of the things that you know we, I, I definitely hope that 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 I can see that I that I will see in you know at least in my lifetime is is that your message, your paradigm shift that you are advocating out of Saint Martin takes root across the whole Caribbean because I think you know when we say. When we see what's occurring in Belize City, we're not talking about just Belize City. Because you could go to Trenchtown, Jamaica, Barbados, and find essentially many of the same issues, many of the same problems. Same issues. You know? Almost all of the same issues, as a matter of fact. Almost all of them, yes. And you trouble, no, no, you trouble so extensively the Caribbean, so you know what I'm might, talking we might about. Have, yeah, we might have some, some different demographics and a different types of crime might be. Like in Trinidad, they have a lot more kidnappings than we do. Mm-hmm. Right? And they don't have as much gangbanging, but they have a heck of a lot of murders and and um, kidnappings as well. So, but the, 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 at the end of the day, the crime is, is rampant it's all over the Caribbean and Latin America. And like I said at the top, this is not the case in the rest of the world. You know, the, the, the European countries, the, all the Western countries, crime is actually on its way down and has it been is. for the last 10 to 15 it years. Yeah, 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 it's very true. You know, and, 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 I, and I want to examine that because I said to myself, okay, <laughs> if you look at crime statistics across the world, you know, you know, the most violent countries, and not even in the Middle East, in Central America, Honduras, Belize, I mean, <laughs> we didn't talk about Gaza, like you said, a kid in Gaza, you know, even with bombs falling, have a higher chance of reaching 25 than, say, one growing up in Central America. Rodney, that's very scary to me, my brother. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's 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 you, you know, you'd like to be able to visit the country and, and not have to avoid the city. Mm-hmm. You know? um, I personally think it's going to happen. We, we just need to understand that there is a certain point in our development historically. And our countries went through this. I mean, if we were to take the United States back in the cowboy in the end, yeah, it's true. It looked pretty, it looked pretty hopeless, didn't well, it? It's a very painful transition. I mean, I'm patient, you know. I mean, I hear you, Rodney, but I'm impatient. You know, it's a very pain, yeah. you know, painful transition, my brother. You know, I tell people the more impatient we are, the more we have to understand. We have to, we have to go there and do the work. And I really commend you for this program. 
um, because these are the sort of things that, that, that we can use to spread the word, all right? That, um, we need to change the paradigm and we need to understand what is at the cook of the problem. We, 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 when we call for, for um, fighting fire with fire, we, we're actually throwing gas on the fire instead of fighting it, and we need to turn that around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These families and, and give these young, young men and young women the love that they're looking for, and everything else will take care of itself. And the thing about it, too, is I also, you know, like I tell people, you know, I was talking to Diane and Diane Finnegan last, year, last week and Nelma Marie, you know, we said, that, look, this is not a problem that has anything to do with political colors. It has a, this is a community problem. This is a national issue. This has nothing to do with, you know, you leave your allegiance at the door because at the end of the day, the, these issues that affect these children is not saying it's not based on any political color. And I think maybe that has something to do with the way we view it because we're always trying to, you know, pigeonhole it within a particular um, political uh, persuasion. And would yeah. you think that's part of the issue there too? It is if we make it, right? Because I, I am always very quick to jump down a person's throat when they try to put belief in against belief in. I don't care in what way, whether it's young and old, mm-hmm. whether it's citizens. Anything that's divisive, yes. Anything mm-hmm. that's divisive, I'm mm-hmm. not for it because what we need right now is unity. You know, there are problems as big as this. Um, no one set of people can solve it on its own. And so when I'm there talking about the churches and, 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 and educators, it's going to take actually everybody. And so um, anything that serves to be divisive, um, I want to stay the conversation away from it mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't serve us. You know, yeah, so yeah. We, have to transcend, we have to transcend that. There, there's a place for it. Um, but very briefly, let me ask you this. We, yeah. Because we, we're running out of time, we we, we uh, could you believe it? Two hours is up already, right? <laughs> man, yeah, man. I mean, where did it go? I mean, we still have so much more to discuss, man. Like, wow, you know, it's amazing. I have to bring you out again, man. Well, I want to do what I want to want to do is a panel with you, Nelma, and um, Diane Finnegan. I was here, I could set that up because I think you. Wow, those, those sisters are doing some really good yeah, work. Yeah, you know, you I, working I, with them, you know, talk with them, it could be a very. You call me, a, you call me a guru. They were a real guru because they're in the trenches. Yeah, they're in, they're in the front line. No, but no, see, so your work is those important. Are, those too. are heroes in my book. You know, they're they're really out there. They're, they're not talking to talk. They're yeah. walking the walk. No, no, but but yours is important too because you have, must have. You must have, um, you know, deep thinkers who, you know, who try to, you know, at least, you know, have solutions yeah. that we can rely on yeah. that, or we can lean on. It's all on. important work, and we need to join hands. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, we need to have that unity across. But let me ask you very briefly, with the little time we have, we have like maybe five minutes or so. Um, what do you think is, 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 in terms of what your, your the research that you that you're pioneering? And the book that you have, obviously, again, let me just tell my listeners, Rodney has a book. Please go to his website. In fact, if you listen to this show, go on my um, on my page where I have his picture and everything. There's a link there for his book. I w- I, I I advise you to please get in contact with Rodney. He's on he's on all the media, so you have no social media. You have no excuse not to be able to um, access Rodney's uh, work and have a conversation with him about it. if you have any concerns or questions that you couldn't call in now and ask him. But um, very briefly, where do you think? Okay, we just were tw- we're talking about twenty twenty fourteen. In terms of your research, when do you where do you see it when this might start taking hold in mass outside of Saint Martin? Because I know in Saint Martin you already have inroads that you're making there. How when how do you how far do you think that it would take? There's or there's no time limit on this. 
it, it all depends on how fast we could mobilize the community, right? Um, instead of running competition to see who can um, put the blame the most on, on the other crowd, whatever mm-hmm. the other crowd might be, mm-hmm. we should be running competition to see who can show the most compassion and who could launch the most programs and who could <clears throat> link up with other people the most. Um, who can um, um, help provide the most resources to the groups that are working in the trenches? Um, that's the competition I want to see. Mm-hmm. And the more we do that and the faster we do that, the, the faster we're going to see things starting to turn. It's going to happen. It's just a question of when. Okay, all right. Um, you know, I, you know we, we, we've, we're out of time. I'll give you the last word, Rodney. I mean, is there anything you want to leave? I just want people, I just want the people to, to um, in order to maintain contact with me, to go and go and download the book. It's free. You just have to go to www.thelifeparent.com forward slash download forward slash win back. One word. Mm-hmm. And there you exchange your email address, download the book, and you're part of the community, and you can go forward from there. Okay, well, for those of you who are listening, um, you were you were listening to Mr. Rodney Davis. He's um, you know, he's he's pioneering some very interesting research regarding parent and child development and how our relationship with that with, with our kids should be more of a compassionate, more of an understanding as opposed to more of an adversarial. Uh, in your face, kind of, you know, beat down kind of attitude that we have, you know, or, or like he's aptly said to develop power struggle. You know, um, his approach is more about diffusing those power struggle and and trying to find understanding ways for for interaction that can lead to positive outcomes. So um, it's it's a very interesting work, and I and I and I am happy that I. I was trying to track down Rodney for months now, man, you know, he, but thank God he came to New York City and I was able to, um, you know, hook him up with you people out there who are listening so you can get an idea of that, you know, of, you know, the kind of work that he's doing and what he's talking about and, and how he can, how we can all impact to make our, not only where we live, because, you know, it's not just in Belize, wherever you your neighborhood, whatever, you can make your neighborhood a better place and go to the broader community and make that a better place. Because I think that at the end of the day, we are all human. We all share the same planet. And, yes, we have a lot of compassion for Belize. We care about it, and we love that country. And I, and I think that, you know, we, we, you know we, our kids are in crisis down there. You heard Diane Finnegan said it. You heard Neil Marie said it last week. Rodney essentially is saying many of the same things, not only Belize, but across the Caribbean. You know, we have this, you know, the children are, you know, they say when the, when the tree falls in the forest, the most vulnerable are the children and the, and the women. Well, oh, children are really vulnerable right now. And um, we need a lot of people who can recognize this and go out there in the front lines and be mentors. It doesn't mean a lot of money, just be an example, a positive force. And I think what Rodney is, his, his work, it's, 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 it's mind-boggling to me because, I mean, here is this brother from Belize, you know. No one, you know, just God just inspired his heart and he decided, you know what, I'm going to share my experiences. I'm going to share my, you know, my, my, you know, my research with the rest of the Caribbean community. Hopefully they can benefit from it and, you know, develop better relationship with the children so we don't have to write them off as, and using the word like nihilism to describe kids, you know. We're not talking about animals here, wolves or lions. We're talking about children. So 
Yeah, the nihilism thing is a is a recipe for turning them into animals. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, and the media too. You know, the media has a you know the media too. Rodney has a you know very interesting role because they they perpetrate this myth that the kids are violent and radical and you know to be avoided at all costs and stay away from them and don't go you know wherever they are. So I think you know it's a big responsibility, brother. And I you know you know I feel very accomplished that I was there. Had on a how, had an opportunity, God bless me with the opportunity to talk to you this morning, man. And I really, really want to thank you. And I want to thank all my listeners who tune in to Brother Rodney. And um, like I said, you know, I want everyone to do the right thing, Rodney. You enjoy the rest of your stay in New York City. And uh, I hope you feel better, my brother, okay? I'll be good. <laughs> uh, I hope you feel better, man, all right? Well, you take right, care, my brother. God bless you. All right, thank you. All right, my people. Do the right thing. Have a happy start today. Go Brazil. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll talk to you later there, Rodney, okay? Thank you. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.